When I was teaching family systems at the graduate level at Concordia, I would invite students. And oftentimes that first pass at, at family rules would be those more overt ones. And I'd ask them to go a little deeper. And there was a group, there was actually two sisters who were taking the master's program together. And I gave the class a few minutes to kind of process and try to come up with some of these rules. And they raised their hand. It was one of the best family rules. It's so covert. And I'd never heard of this particular rule, but I, it's, I think it's worth talking about. So they said, they raised their hand. They're like, in our house, when mom has ice cream, everyone has to have ice cream. <laughs> That's good. And you know exactly where we're going yeah, with this. Yeah. Because mom wants a treat and mom doesn't want to feel guilty about the calories she's eating. So if she has ice cream, the daughters were going to have ice cream. And I thought that is what I'm talking about. That was never posted on a bulletin board in their home. Welcome to Love and Life. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril here with my co-host, Pastor Elliot Anderson. And Love and Life is your place to hear conversations grounded in psych research, psychotherapy, and biblical truth to help us thrive in love and life. Elliot, we are continuing our series on family systems theory and therapy, which is one of our passion points as far as a therapeutic orientation and modality. We have learned so much about our own family, which I think has helped us as professionals. And we wanted to share and do a deep dive into this content for the holiday season. So we hope that if you're jumping into this episode, we invite you to check back at the prior episodes. I think this is our fourth now devoted to this topic. And each one, we're going to get a little bit in depth with a particular realm of family systems. And you mentioned at the end of last week's episode on triangulation, mentioned about the rules that families have. Some of them are the obvious rules. This is how our family conducts itself. They may have even been posted on the refrigerator when the kids were little. And then some of these rules are more covert. And so they're less easy for us to access and identify until we interact with someone who's had family rules that were quite different. What are your thoughts as far as family rules as, as it pertains to the holidays and getting along with each other and making the season bright? So I think talking to some of our some of the clients I work with that are faithful listeners to the podcast, I've already received a bunch of feedback on the episodes. And one of the clients I talked about just this morning talked about this expectation piece we've covered and the boundary piece and the freedom to, to not have to comply with certain rules or roles that aren't necessary and aren't healthy without disrespecting in-laws. And we were talking about that and I came up with this illustration a little bit. I think it was helpful. So I'll throw it out here and then we can dance through a little bit. Besides kind of the pre-communication on your way to family events and then the post- Processing. Processing, debriefing. Yes. uh, On the way out of these different family systems, even if they're fantastic and everything's wonderful, first of all, very healthy. But this is a couple that has interracial differences. They also have blended family differences. And there's there's four kids, two are theirs, one from his first, one from Wait a minute, first. I'm lost, so I know that everyone else is lost. So we're talking about the couple. Yeah, they are, they are interracial. And then they both come from blended families. So they've got steps on, step parents on both sides. Yep. Okay. And in their house now is one child of his previous marriage, one child from her previous marriage, and two of their own. Oh. So it is complicated. And so we were talking through this, and there was quite a bit of apprehension on her part from previous hurts, previous challenging commentary and, mm-hmm. and structures. And we talked about as if it's traveling to a foreign country. Mm. 
if if they're if you're moving into like when Angie and I went to Japan and I did those basketball clinics, we researched about Japan. We looked up the school. We looked up the the basketball coach I was going to work with. All those kind of things, and then we went there and we acclimated ourselves to their culture. Mm-hmm. Right? Angie ate with chopsticks the entire time, and they were very honored by that. We were doing all the traditional events and bowing and. You know, for me, just to be reserved and not so forward in nature, which is not what Japanese men do. Mm. And and so her and I, the client this morning, talked about what if she changed her perspective going to her in-laws this Christmas. So rather than wanting them to acclimate to her, if she acclimated to them. And we did have a little aha moment and then walk through what those strategies would look like, starting with expectations, starting with boundaries. And then she's going to communicate with her husband as well about a, a shorter period of time with a break and then coming back rather than it gets that six, seven, eight hours. There's a lot of very passionate, expressive people on both sides of the family here that ends up stirring things up. And then there's big fights, not physical, big verbal altercations mm-hmm. and usually hurt feelings and people storming out. And she really wants to avoid that. So as you're talking, I'm thinking, so first of all, thanks for the practical application and concrete example. You know, I love that. Secondly, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking someone going, well, why do I have to be an entirely different person? I want to be authentically myself with my family. And what you're telling me is I have to pretend to be Japanese when I'm not Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you say to people? You, I guess then it, to, to my mind, it goes, it's a value thing. Do, do I value, I must be me and, exactly. and express every single opinion, every opportunity I have. And if it, if it, comes to blows, it comes to fights, arguments, so be it, versus I value harmony. In this yeah, and we talked about her authentic self is not affirmed by them. Mm, and ever. It's at least not in the way it needs to be or that she would like it to be. Uh-huh. And so rather than trying to over-identify herself and like stake an even stronger claim for who she is, which automatically leads to altercations, I'm not asking her to be something fake or something different, just to be a little bit more reserved a little more acclimated to their environment, their power structure, their systemic. She doesn't live there. It's not like she has to do this all the time. It's for an afternoon mm-hmm. or an evening. Sometimes it goes a day and a half. And so we just strategized about a different process because I think when we don't feel valued, we don't feel affirmed for who we are and we're feisty like I am and you are and, and she is, we, den- we do then start to over-identify and, and make a little bit bigger deal out of things than we maybe even need to. Right. And I would also add to that yeah you want to be your authentic self of course because the only way to have true intimacy is to be authentically yourself but do you have to you know we talk about parts mm-hmm. of ourselves That's right how about i highlight today the part that has common ground and for some families in these times it may be very hard to even find that common ground anymore but maybe you all like dogs exactly exactly <laughs> right and so you even like you said, as you're preparing to have this family interaction, you tell yourself when those topics come up, I'm actually going to pivot to talking about the pooches <laughs> or talking about something we yeah. all agree on, reality TV show we like, or something along those lines where you're still being yourself, you're yep. genuine, but you're just choosing. So this is now we're not reacting. Reality therapy, some glass are here. Oh, a little thank choice you. theory. It's been a minute since I. I uh, know you like it when I pull out occasional research. It's I not love just you. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I never said it was just me. <laughs> no, but you have a mind that holds on to those a lot better. Yeah, but I forgot glass are there. Yeah. But yeah, so we're going to go to that place of authenticity that 
is common, that, that does contain common ground. And that's something you can prepare to do to make that choice. And like I was saying, because we want to be responding versus reacting. And that's a distinction I think is important for us to think about as we move into these holiday situations with family. Yeah. And this is a matriarchal system that she's, her in-laws have, and she's a strong matriarchal leader herself. So we talked about that power dynamic too. And I don't need her to defer. I'm not, it's not my choice. I was not encouraging her to defer or, you know, to, Give such holy deference that she felt humiliated, but rather to present herself in a manner that does not automatically poke the queen of the, the family system and rather joins her and finding some matriarchal maternal connection about the grandkids, which is always what works. Mm, there you so go. you talked about pooches. Well, usually it's the grandkids. <laughs> yeah. And letting mama and mama connect rather than the internal tension of mama's boy and mm-hmm a daughter-in-law's husband, which mm-hmm. is where conflicts usually get cooking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so understanding the other things we've talked about with systems and boundaries and ownership. And I think you've said multiple times in the series, recognizing what the system is and what's going on and not allowing this matriarchal queen to rob her joy of the positive sides of this connection. Yes. And that's getting back to even episode one of the series. Keep the big picture in mind. Let's keep those values that we hold. Let's not just chuck them because we enter a family situation, which is usually higher intensity. Yeah. And we talked as, so the listeners understand therapeutic connection here. We talked about all the options before her to not go, to change Mm -hmm. systemic, to have a rival event at her own house, right? Uh We talked about all, she's a tough cookie. We talked about all kinds of options, (laughs) but she's the one who came back and said, no, I need to honor my husband. I want to honor this family, even though they frustrate me. I want to go. So now let's talk through what that looks like, how I can do this better. So then she's in a great position then to learn, to accommodate, to assimilate and strategize a little differently. We'd love to connect with you further via our weekly newsletter. Joining the Love and Life family gets you first access to bonus content and flash sale pricing for books and consultations. And when you sign up, you'll receive Karen's Empowered Dating Playbook or My Empowered Marriage Playbook. Head over to loveandlifemedia.com to join the Love and Life family. You mentioned matriarchal, and that's another component of family systems that you teach and that we've talked about before. So how does that play out? You're talking about now in a matriarchal family system, it may be harder even for the daughter-in-law to connect with her mother-in-law if they're both in a matriarchal system in their family of origin, and then now in their current day family. Yeah, for sure. And her husband is used to mm-hmm. being in that and doesn't rise up into his masculine energy or even try to do a paternalistic kind of system through the father side, the patriarchal. Actually, I want to devote an entire episode to that. It is a good one. We should dive in. So you were basically saying that as the younger generation goes into their in-laws for the Christmas season, They need to at least be flexible enough, which I love psychological flexibility. We can speak to that. And that's Stephen C. Hayes from ACT. See, now you get going. (laughs) Now you get going. (laughs) And you're asking them to just to be pithy about it, play Mm -hmm. by your parents' rules. Absolutely, yep. So speak more about that. Yeah, because it's it's a no-win situation. And if if other listeners knew the whole dynamics here, and I've worked with this couple a long time, so I know all the systemic. 
it's a no-win system to try to go into a really dominant matriarchal power system and think you're going to change it. Right. And one Christmas outing or Christmas Eve outing, it's not going to happen. In fact, if a matriarchal or if it's a patriarchal, if the power source feels threatened or feels attacked, they are going to kick back, push back, mm-hmm. yell back, demean back, and, and it's, it's a no-win situation. And if we talk about rights and boundaries, it is their home. It is their system. They're mm-hmm. allowed to have it, even if it's not effective or not appropriate even. Mm-hmm. So again, to get back to the self-agency or the self-advocacy mm-hmm. for her and her family, even though she's married to Queen's son, mm-hmm. to present, and because he is more of a passive second layer or beta leader in this relationship where she's the alpha, she has the power in her own marriage and with her own kids to say, husband, let's let's talk through it this way and go here and enjoy ourselves. And he will be fine. He, he will like that. I'm not saying it's the way I like it and I would want him to be as a man, but based on their system and their marriage and their kid, it'll actually alleviate a lot of stress for him also. Mm -hmm. Because then he'll feel he can defer to both and not feel he's got him to choose right on the spot. The family rule in his family of origin is mom calls the shots. Absolutely. And everyone else follows in. Okay. And no one fights it. So I just wanted to get concretized. You know, that's my word. Concretize a family rule. Now, this is, again, a great example of a family rule that probably was not posted on the refrigerator. It was just understood and before the kids even could wrap their mind around it cognitively they sensed that that was the power balance in their parents home there was no father oh he was not even there nope so it's even stronger she was the single mama okay of a big family and did a great job from all intensive purposes did the best she absolutely could and but she's still not in position then just to relinquish Mm -hmm. all that she did to contain and control and to grow and to raise successful kids Mm mm-hmm I am thrilled to have the opportunity to introduce you guys to the wellness company. Legit thrilled. Tim was even teasing me. He's like, you're going to fangirl so hard. And I do. And I have because Dr. Peter McCullough has been one of the doctors throughout the pandemic that I was looking to for truth in the midst of so much censorship. Dr. McCullough started the wellness company to build a parallel healthcare system which is free from big pharma and you guys know how I feel about big pharma and big medicine, which unfortunately after this pandemic, so many people have lost trust in the medical profession and the regulatory agencies for sure. In fact, recent research shows that 40% of Americans would not want to even go to a doctor or a hospital unless it was a catastrophic emergency. So the wellness company is here to bring change in the face of so much medical corruption. Part of that change is helping you take control of your health, especially in this post-pandemic world, which is why I want to talk to you about their Spike Support Formula, a revolutionary supplement. So many people were coerced to take the shot and that spike protein is not leaving their systems. The spike support formula can help. It's the only product that contains ingredients research to block and dissolve the COVID spike protein in the bloodstream, whether you got it from COVID or from the jab. Spike protein is a serious concern. And of course, we will not truly know the extent of these devastating effects for years to come, but there is something you can do now to protect yourself and keep you and your family well. 
Thousands of people, vaccinated or not, have reported better mental clarity, reduced inflammation, and increased energy levels. You can take Spike Support daily to combat spike proteins and get back to that pre-COVID feeling. Head over to twc.health slash love life and use code love life, all one word, to save 15% at checkout. That's twc.health slash love life and use code love life for 15% off. So let's talk about another example of a family rule that we could invite listeners to start to kind of analyze maybe some of those rules that they've been playing by, even unbeknownst to them. Again, when they were young, they just were in the house and that's how things were. And just you kind of assume everyone else's household runs the same way. And then you get a little distance. And then of course, when you get married and you see, oh, that's your family rules are quite different from mine. Do you have any other examples of that, that you see play out, especially at Christmas time? Yeah, I think just the whole concept of gift exchange and style of gifting and style of tradition around how do we open presents? How do we Mm -hmm. do stockings if we do? How do we do a big dinner? When you're trying to please both sides at the same time and often in the same day, it is literally like you you need a translator. (laughs) You need an interpreter to go back and forth. And so our family with our wonderful mother who's sitting on the couch listening to us today. Thank you, mom, for being an awesome mom, of course. And being the original counselor in the family, our first masters of counseling right Mm -hmm. there. OG. That's right. (laughs) Original gangster. (laughs) Referring to mom as a gangster is quite amusing. How about original grandma? (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, um, the context of our family is the holiday is a huge deal, right? And we love it. We make it very traditional and very long and kind of expansive. and, And Olivia and I were helping mom set stuff up just yesterday. And one of the young ladies who's kind of a part of our family now was a part of it too and, and connecting and we were sharing with her. And it was funny to listen to Olivia talk about mm. what the traditions are and how important they are and how fun they are. And even down to what gifts gets clapped for and which gifts oh, yeah, don't, don't get clapped for and how there's an award, an internal award if you make mom cry. Yes. <laughs> if there's a really good gift that touches her heart, <laughs> then everyone celebrates it. So, Karen and I have competed to make mom no, cry. No, I think you and Warren have, because well, your calendar. I compete on everything. Would so always <laughs> make her cry. And then he gave her Roberta Peters one time and that made her cry. Dang. Yeah. I remember that one. That I think one. I'm winning, but I got to uh, work on it. You may be winning, but <laughs> your crying is more expected, like a cute calendar of your children. Yeah. Warren comes in with a curveball. Well, I would yeah, not he's have always going to write something all special. Oh, a sonnet. Yeah, yeah he's he'll write a sonnet. Anyway, the comparison I'm making, although it's fun to talk about our Christmas coming up here, but the comparison is Angie's family is the exact opposite. Low key, no tree anymore, no stockings. Aww. My mother-in-law, who's awesome, just hands us an envelope with cash. So you're talking about stark differences. Wow. Both family systems are awesome. We have a lot of fun at both. And we already got our Christmas gifts from Susie. It's done already. It's <laughs> just like, here's an envelope. You're a great kid, great son-in-law, you know. It's just such a difference. And so it's funny to talk through that initially when that was taking place. Not that Susie didn't used to have a tree when Brock was young and everything. Yeah. We did, but it was still but way stripped Brock down. Brock has like 17 children who are still young. They've already had their gifts too. It's already, it's so already. No tree for the grandkids? Not at Susie's house, no. Okay. But at Brock's house, it is. Again, okay. it's just, and everyone's cool with it. That's just the family system there. 
Those are different rules. The different rules and expectations mm -hmm. is we don't make it a big production, which our family loves big productions, putting them on, being a part of them, being involved in them. No big production, very concrete, very specific, very fast. That's just a different kind of family tradition rule and expectation. Sometimes because ours is so elaborate, I enjoy some of the simplistic measures of theirs, but then it feels missing. Mm -hmm. Right. And, but it's not my part to try to insert our style mm -hmm. into Angie's style, even though Angie, I think, prefers our style now, being part of our big production over all these years. So I don't know if that's catching some of what you're talking yeah. about, mm -hmm. but it's a very different systemic. So it's, it's not Angie and my responsibility to go there and try to make Christmas in Iowa the way we want it or the way we have it here in Alton. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So rather, we just kind of assimilate to what they do. And it sounds like drive through Christmas. It is in a little bit. It's so I think within that difference, what I'm trying to make sure our listeners understand is when Iowa visits here, they shouldn't try to put into our Christmas season a minimized, stripped down one. And Angie and I shouldn't go to Iowa and try to make it all production. That's just not appropriate. And maybe listeners don't have that stark of a difference in their own in-laws or scenarios, but I think we do need to respect the basic rules and systemic of each side. Let's get into the rules of communication because that's one topic that we've talked about before with conflict and conflict styles. And communication is obviously can be very healthy and very healing, and it can also be very conflictual. What kind of tips do you have for people as they consider their communication? And again, there might be family rules around communication. We are the family that you just say what you mean. And if it comes to blows, it does. And if yeah. someone gets tossed out of the house or if Brothers end up fighting in the driveway. Yeah, like, I have a pre-engaged, I've never known what that's like. I have a pre-engaged <laughs> couple that is working on that right now. So they're doing pre-engagement counseling with me. They're likely going to get engaged, I would guess, before next semester's over, because that's what Justin seniors do. <laughs> and then we're going to get into the official premarital. But they have one of those differences. His family, opinionated, loud, directive, almost enjoy consternation right. and tension, kind of right. like ours. They're combative. They like to get into it. Yeah. yeah. And hers is reserved, indirect communication, laid back, uh, avoidant even. Mm -hmm. And so they've been appropriately talking about, we enjoy each other's style. We know we need the balance, but his dominant personality and dominant communication style is ruling their relationship too much. Mm -hmm. And she was quiet about it, quiet about it, quiet about it. Now she's speaking up and they're getting ready to head into the holidays again. And she told me she almost has a little PTSD about going to his house because it's so dramatically <laughs> different than hers. Yeah. She starts to get intimidated and feeling a little bit anxious. So we walk through some ways to be herself, to recognize what's coming, to pre-communicate with her man about what this is going to look like and how we're going to communicate and to give herself some breaks mm -hmm. and, and just kind of politely excuse herself once in a while, go down and take a nap, whatever she needs to do. Because that family systemic is so strong. It's, it's not likely going to be adjusted very easily for just one lone future daughter-in-law. Right. Well, and also she probably gets nervous that he's going to start popping off at her house with his opinions and his... And that has happened. <laughs> right. And so then she's nervous and probably trying to manage him and his relationships with her family because she wants him to appear in a good light. And she, I mean, this is going to be her husband someday. So she right. wants everyone to love him. And his style is like, yeah, we love each other through... Sharing what we, we really just say believe. whatever we right. feel like on the spot. And so he probably tries to manage that to some degree. And she's much more, which is not uncommon for her personality compared to his. She's much more attuned to other styles and acclimating and things. And he's not, he's pretty much, this is the way it's best. This is the way you should do it. Let's just go. 
but now he's learning. He's in a, mm-hmm. a really good learning stage with his own roommates and with others and just trying to figure out, okay, I don't have to be a dominant verbal leader to still be productive, masculine, strong, effective. Mm-hmm. He's one of our better leaders on campus, so he does well in that. It's just how do we make this now fit since I have a partner I want to join and merge with for life. It's not appropriate for me just to dominate and verbally have this role be how it is. I think I call it the opinion offer on my uh, family systems rule sheet there. Yes. Opinion offers. Communication expected and encouraged to share and challenge. Yep. At all times. If you're interested in processing further as you align your mind, body, and spirit, we're here for you. Head over to loveandlifemedia.com and click on the Work With Us tab. There you can book individual or couples sessions. Or sign up for one of our support groups. Purchase one session or a multiple session package. We'd love to work with you. Sign up at loveandlifemedia.com. So we've touched on communication as it pertains to some of the rules of communication within a household. And I think, Elliot, next episode as we want to continue to flesh out this series, I think we should go into some of your strategies that you share in your family systems class for some tangibles, like how to communicate in what we know from the psych literature is the healthiest manner within families, maintaining your authenticity, but also maintaining that desire. If it is your value, which we're hoping it is that people want to have a pleasant interaction with their family members. But I want to finish up today's episode with another couple notions about rules, because I just want to continue to dig a little bit. I remember when I was in my family systems class at Wheaton and Warren and Leah were at Ohio Hall and you and Angie were in Wilson. And I don't know if it was a Sunday evening, but we were all gathered, you and Angie, Warren and Leah, no babies yet. And we were talking about family rules and trying to understand like Anderson family rules, for example, obviously we were going to go to what we knew best and try to understand them in a way that was a little deeper. Some of them would be rules a lot of families would have. For example, one of our rules is you there's just you don't do anything half-hearted in the Anderson family. You don't think anything half-heartedly. You don't try anything half-heartedly. We even came up with a rule, average is boring, which mm-hmm. I think is related to that. Dad yeah. expected ex- excellence. Mom is a very devoted person to her convictions and beliefs. And so we assimilated all of that. And it was overtly and covertly communicated Mm -hmm. to us as children in that Anderson family. So I think that's something that some families might not have. They'd be like, C's are fine. Or, yeah, you're allowed to- Just be a part of the team. Yeah, you're allowed to just- No, we were expected to always shine, sparkle, shine. (laughs) And so that is something that it would be a family rule. That was never posted on the fridge. And now, again, I'm not saying that a lot of families want excellence from their kids, and that's great. So I'm not saying this is just unique to us, but this is something that was, I would say, a little bit more emphasized than maybe compared to some of our friends growing up. I don't know how that plays into Christmas. Well, just the whole idea of the what's Christmas to be. It's supposed to be excellent. Right. It's supposed to be dramatically passionate. That goes back to (laughs) it. It goes right back. (laughs) Right. And we often have spirited discussions in the middle of Christmas. We're opening, but we're also passionately talking about something important. And maybe it's not super important. Maybe it's just sports or what we're going to sing that morning or something, right? Or that afternoon or whatever it would be if we're performing together. But yeah, it's all passion. It's all all in. When I was teaching family systems at the graduate level at Concordia, I would 
invite students. And oftentimes that first pass at, at family rules would be those more overt ones. And I'd ask them to go a little deeper. And there was a group, there was actually two sisters who were taking the master's program together. And I gave the class a few minutes to kind of process and try to come up with some of these rules. And they raised their hand. It was one of the best family rules. It's so covert. And I'd never heard of this particular rule, but I, it's, I think it's worth talking about. So they said, they raised their hand. They're like, in our house, when mom has ice cream, everyone has to have ice cream. <laughs> That's good. And you know exactly where we're going yeah, with this. Yeah. Because mom wants a treat and mom doesn't want to feel guilty about the calories she's eating. So if she has ice cream, the daughters were going to have ice cream. And I thought that is what I'm talking about. That was never posted on a bulletin board in their home. And maybe never thought about specifically until that moment. Right. Oh, I don't think the girls ever had. I don't think the sisters ever had. And I don't think mom ever was like, I'm going to make sure everyone eats ice cream. When I'm having a treat, you all will have treats. But it was clearly communicated. And I share that just because it was such a great example of one that you would never. And like you said, those sisters probably had never thought about it until they had that opportunity learning all this family system stuff. So that's the kind of thing that, yeah, if you go home for Christmas and mom has ice cream and maybe you have been off dairy for a while, you better predetermine how you're going to manage that because that's going to be a rule that's going to play out just as it did when you were 16, when you're 26, 36, or 46. Yeah, and talking through those and figuring out what they might be and then sharing with siblings and then even sharing with mom in a non-threatening way, not right as she dishes up your ice cream. Right. But like a week before or Mm -hmm. two weeks before or... Next year, if it's, if you're thinking about this since Christmas Eve and you're going there that night, it's probably not the time to confront mom who's already pretty excited right. and ready to present the, the massive ice cream treat. <laughs> but I think it's, again, we going back to those other issues we talked about, pre-communication, predetermination, and, and walking through so your boundaries strong and, and you're challenging systemic without threatening it. Yeah, and I remember now that I'm talking about us processing, I think there was a chart we had, which was like the rule as it may have been overtly communicated in some capacity, and then the covert messaging that was going on simultaneously, and then what happened if you didn't if you violated the rule. So that might be kind of fun to look at like a chart. I can go through my stuff and see if I can find that, and we could share that in a newsletter. Yeah, that's so, good, and I do... Like a structure for it. Obviously, with this kind of handout, which our listeners don't have, but Tim can put on the site, we go through these, and they have to pick and choose and write about them right Your on the students. spot. So we're teaching yeah. that first category, family rules, they have to write a bunch of family rules. And then we share them together, break into small groups so it's more familial because it's a larger class. Same thing with family roles. They have to pick their roles. And then they're doing their presentations right now, this week, for exam week. And then they share this kind of information about themselves through PowerPoint as a further integration application and even how it'll apply out during the Christmas holidays or when they graduate, things of that nature. So really tangible, integrated, and applied movements. Well, that's such great work for any of your students who do plan to become therapists, because as we learned at Wheaton, and I'm sure you learned something similar at Trinity, we can only help clients go as far in their emotional journey, in their intrapersonal work and their interpersonal work and relationships as we've been willing to go ourselves. So you're getting them a great head start on that. I didn't, I didn't teach this in interpersonal when you were in my class. I when didn't bring the family stuff in you for were like, like a another baby. decade. I was just brand new, pacing <laughs> like a wild man at the front of the stage, not knowing how to contain my you energy. You did great. That was fun. All right. So we'll just wrap it up today because everything I want to say in addition to this really necessitates its own episode. So let's okay. move to communication strategies 
concrete ones for next episode and then maybe also get into some family roles because that's related to communication. I mean, it's all related to communication, yeah. but I think giving folks some practical application like you did today with preparing that pre-communication and then preparing responses that you think might be necessary. And we can talk about it next time, but even if it's a highly volatile or dangerous, demeaning or abusive family system that you have prepared outs yeah, and do not tolerate or accept that, not only for yourself, but your spouse, your kids, siblings even, if you need to walk through that. And there are, obviously I work in crisis work, so there's plenty of families I work with where that's the case as well. And we do plan strategies. If this happens, this is how I'm exiting. Like when you and Aliyah drove around Valpo because I wouldn't That's right. allow we cell just phones to, one we thing We let him calm down, go get him a Coke, <laughs> help him process through. And and he was good. We, we entered back in. I know. And then everyone watched football together. And they we talked were, to we Max, my father-in-law, about football when he played football. And they had helmets that were made of leather. And they didn't have the face <laughs> thing. And that not, wouldn't have happened That's right. if everyone was on their phone. So... Yeah, and that was not my a, culture. That wasn't a true crisis, but that for them <laughs> no, it was. And then yeah, no, how do we respond? Yeah, well, that's another episode as well. Yes, too often we allow our responses to be organic and natural, and that sounds weird. I'm saying that, but if it's family system stuff, you really need to prepare a little bit, even if the family system's wonderful. Well, that's where we go. That's a reaction, and that's off the cuff, not measured versus response. Yeah. That's where that, I think the distinction between those two terms is useful. And that's why at mom's house, I'll go out in the garage once in a while because I'm going to get hot. Well, first of all, you're going to turn on the thermostat, pick <laughs> on the AC, and then she won't know you did it. And then she'll wake up in the middle of the night frozen. Yes. I need to remember to turn it back up mm-hmm. when I leave. Exactly. All right. So let me pray for our listeners. Lord, thank you for the gift of family. And there's so many different ways families can be led and communicated with and organized and structured and the holidays are such a fun time Uh, we think of all the christmas carols about being home for the holidays and all the specialness but also lord it's pretty vulnerable and there's different systems and different powers and different styles so help us as families and as couples as individuals to think through some of the things we talked about today and the strategies and the applications and the challenges and to really take that ownership and that responsibility and that agency to make sure everything within our power to have an awesome time, a joyful time, to acclimate, be flexible, accommodate when we can, also uh, understand where our limits are and where our our boundaries need to be in case things get dark and too difficult and uh, not appropriate. We just pray a blessing upon all of our listeners, Lord. Thank you for all these wonderful elements of family and family systems. May they honor and glorify you as we celebrate your birth. Amen. Love and Life is produced by Tim May and hosts and executive producer, Dr. Karen Anderson-Abril.